Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today, we are hopping into a Q&A episode. I've got some questions here that were actually asked on TikTok through the new Q&A feature that's there. There's a really cool thing where you can just go directly to my profile on TikTok and there's a button that you can click that says Q&A to where you can ask me any and all questions that you might have. And I figured a great place to bring those questions is a place here, like here on the podcast where I can really deep dive into those questions. I love doing short content on Instagram, on TikTok. It's all great, but you have to really cut things into shorter segments, right? I can't really deep dive into your questions and give really detailed answers and break them down in different situations because we all have, just like I said, we all have different situations that come with different contexts. And when I'm answering questions on the podcast, I have a lot more time to be able to help you and break down those different types of situations and give you a better answer than, and it depends. And so I figured all of those questions that do come through on TikTok, I'm going to start bringing the majority of those onto the podcast and asking them here. So if you do have questions, if you do follow along on TikTok, if you're not, I highly suggest that you do because I'm dropping two to four videos every single day there, but make sure to hit that Q and A button and ask me your questions. And of course, if you have a little bit more in-depth questions, a little bit deeper, you really want to dive into your situation and give me the context that I need to be able to give you a really individualized answer, there is always a link down below, lostandlifting.com backslash podcast to where you can go and leave your questions there. There's a form at the bottom of that page. You can fill it out. When you submit it, it goes directly into my inbox. And from there, I'll actually shoot you back an email breaking your questions down for you in depth and giving you the help that you need. And then if that's a question that I feel like can help a lot of other listeners who come to the podcast, then I'll obviously bring those questions here and we'll do a deep dive on them as well to help everybody else too. So always know that those two resources are available to you. I'm always more than happy to help. I'll do that for the rest of my career. I'll never snub DMs. I'll never not answer questions. I'm here to make sure that you guys are getting the exact help that you need to achieve the goals that you have for yourself. So other than that, the only other announcement that I have here is if you are somebody who's struggling with your nutrition, if you're just getting into flexible dieting and understanding the rules of fat loss and the rules of building muscle and what your nutrition looks like and how many, how many calories you should be eating, how much protein you should be eating, where should your fats be, can you eat carbs, if you can, what kind of carbs, how many carbs should you be eating. If you have all of these questions that you're always wondering, I have a free resource link below called the Macro Starter Kit that helps walk you through the exact process to get all of that set up in your situation so that you have the numbers that you need, you have the understanding of, okay, should I be counting all of my calories and my proteins and my carbs and my fats? Can I get away with just counting my calories and my protein to fill up those numbers that I have? What foods should I be eating? There's recipe books that are, or not recipe books, but there's actual recipes linked 
inside of the macro starter kit, showing you different food options, breaking down the recipes, um, showing you exactly how to cook them, showing you exactly how many calories are in them, showing you exactly how much protein is in them. And they're all super, super simple meals. My family eats those meals on the regular very, very often. So if you're in that situation and you're trying to just get started with this whole thing and you're trying to understand where you should be as you begin, please go ahead and download that. Again, it's linked down below, lostandlifting.com backslash the macro starter kit. And you'll be able to put in your email or shoot you an email over getting you all set up. And then you'll actually start getting some emails from me that are breaking things down even further. You'll end up getting some emails where potentially you'll get some free workout programs that show you how to set up your training and really give you all of the information you need to build your foundation to help you start achieving the results that you have for yourself. So don't forget that that is always down there below. If you're in that situation, I would highly recommend it. I have a lot of followers who have just downloaded that and have gone on and created amazing results for themselves just alone without ever paying us a dime just off of the free resources that we offer. So please make sure that you're taking advantage of that. But without me rambling any further, like I said, we've got these questions that we're going to hop into. So let's just get to it. Question number one, I'm trying to get started with counting calories to lose fat and I'm extremely overwhelmed. I've, in, I've downloaded my fitness pal, but don't know where to begin. Any suggestions? It's a very good question because this is where a lot of people are at, right? This is where we all start. It can be extremely overwhelming from the start of what the hell do I do? There's so much information online. There's so many people posting content and a lot of that content is contradicting one another. Should I do a detox? Should I go keto? Should I, what supplements should I take? Should I start counting macros? Should I start counting calories? Where the hell should I start? And then you download my fitness pal and it spits you out a specific amount of calories. And then you're wondering, well, is this specific amount of calories that my fitness pal gave me? Are these accurate? Where should I be? Um, there's just a lot of questions that come up right from the get. And so you have my sympathy. I know there's a ton of information out there and the internet is an awesome place because there is so much information, right? But at the same time, that can be detrimental because of just like I said, a lot of that information can be extremely conflicting, leaving you more confused than you were before you even started. And so when it comes to just getting started with where you're at, you've got MyFitnessPal downloaded. MyFitnessPal has probably kicked you out a specific set of calories to be eating. And from my experience, the numbers that MyFitnessPal gives you are generally pretty garbage. They're never really that great. It always starts you a little bit lower than I generally would with most of the people that I work with. I always try to start with calories as high as possible that still elicits the result that we're trying to achieve to make sure that we're giving you room as we get down the journey to be able to make adjustments because the body does end up adjusting and adapting to what you're presenting it with, right? So that's when we have to start making adjustments and dropping calories and different things like that along the way. If you're already starting with calories too low, that puts it that puts you in a very tough position to be able to continue dropping calories and still have it be sustainable for you. So saying all of that, what I would do in your situation where you're very first just getting started is I would take the amount of calories that my fitness pal has given you the amount of macros that my fitness pal has given you. And I would take those calories and I would honest, honestly, I would increase them by around 200 to 300 to start. And I wouldn't focus on hitting a specific amount of carbs. And I wouldn't focus on hitting a specific amount of fats either. 
What I would really focus on is getting comfortable hitting that caloric intake. Again, the caloric intake that my fitness pal gives you, I would go about 200 to 300 calories above that. And then I'd get really consistent with hitting your protein intake and get comfortable there. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to start taking daily weigh-ins of yourself. And what this is going to do is going to help you be able to extract weekly averages and see the trend that is happening. So now you're eating a decent amount of food. You may potentially be in a small deficit and you're taking these weigh-ins and you're going to be able to see how your body is responding to that amount of food that you're eating. And then let's say you get a week down the road. You get two weeks down the road. You're tracking your calories. You're tracking your protein intake. Now you can take these weekly data points in terms of your weigh-ins and if that trend is slowly going down and you're losing somewhere between 0.5 to 1% of total body weight per week, you know that you're in a really good position to just stay exactly where you are because what you're doing is working, right? You're in a deficit, you're dropping body fat, um, and you're being consistent and the progress is happening. No need to change anything. All you need to continue doing, continue taking those daily weigh-ins, continue tracking, continue being consistent and trying to ride that, ride that line, ride that ride, whatever you want to call it for as long as you can until progress starts to slow down. And at some point progress probably will start to slow down because like I said, the body gets adaptive. The bot, your metabolism will slow down. It starts to adapt to what you're presenting it with on a daily basis. It's just the way that our metabolisms work. It's the way that our genetics work as human beings. So at this point, this is where you can either start to look at maybe increasing the amount of workouts that you're doing with your training. You can maybe add an additional workout. You can maybe add an additional cardio session or two, or you could then from there drop calories a little bit lower instead if you feel like that's manageable and it's something that you can get away with to continue pushing things forward in that manner you're just creating a little bit of that bigger deficit to continue pushing things um continue pushing progress in the right manner so you're essentially just making that calorie deficit a little bit bigger to continue creating the progress that you want to create and really it can be that simple when it comes to the side of your nutrition, right? I wouldn't even focus about counting your carbs. I wouldn't even focus on counting your fats. Down the road, that can become much more of something that you should focus on because as you get more serious into training potentially, as you want to start optimizing things, if you're wanting to really focus on building muscle, if you really want to focus on optimizing your performance, then starting to to count your carbs and fats can start to get a little bit more important and play a bigger role in terms of performance, in terms of how you're feeling, um, in terms of recovery, in terms of building muscle and different things like that. But from the get, I would literally try to keep things as simple as possible. Whenever we start with clients, a lot of times we're thinking, man, this is a lot more simple than I thought it was going to be. And my line of thinking there is, I want you to start with as little to worry about as possible. I want things to be as simple as they possibly can. And each week it's just a test. If we can keep things as simple as possible to where you're simply just focusing on counting your caloric intake, counting your protein intake, and potentially working out three times per week with maybe like a six to 8,000 step goal per day, and that's literally all you have to focus on, and you create amazing results from that, well, that's amazing. Why would I ever make you count proteins, carbs, and fats, work out six or seven times per week, focus on hitting 10,000 steps per day, put all this added stress on you, for you to create the same progress that you could create if we just pulled it all back and had you count calories and protein, had you work out three to four times per week, and had you doing six to 8,000 steps per day. So what you have to remember is you start with your foundation, right? 
keep things as simple as possible. And as the body adapts and you get a little bit more advanced and you want to create a little bit more advanced results over time, then you start looking at adding different things in potentially. Maybe you start looking at adding in um, all of your macronutrients and counting everything to optimize your performance or recovery or building muscle. Maybe you start to add a few more workouts in to increase your volume there. Maybe you try to hit um, a higher step goal each day. You start adding in some cardio and whatnot and things like that. But I wouldn't start doing all of that. Keep it as simple as you possibly can. And when it comes to your training, when it comes to fat loss, something that most people get wrong is they start focusing far more on cardio than they do on lifting weights and building or at least maintaining strength. Because what you have to remember is we're not working out to lose body fat. We let our nutrition control losing gaining or maintaining weight over time. We use our training to focus on either building muscle over time or at least maintaining the amount of muscle that we have. And that comes through strength training, right? If you're wanting to create more definition on your body, if you're wanting to create a stronger metabolism, if you're wanting to create healthier burns, if you're healthier burns, if you're wanting to create healthier bones, if you're wanting to have healthier joints, that's all going to come through strength training over the long term. And so if we always keep that in place, and again, if you're newer to this, two to three full body sessions per week is literally all that you need. And then focusing on a step goal, maybe adding in a little bit of cardio here and there if you enjoy it, totally fine. But the main emphasis should be on strength training, maintaining the strength you have or building on your strength over time, and then allowing your nutrition to control weight loss or weight gain through controlling your caloric intake, your protein intake. That's gonna put you in the best position in the long term to ultimately get to exactly where you want to be. So like I said, I think that far too many people overcomplicate this process. And when it comes to my fitness pal, I wouldn't start with the calories they give you. I would honestly start around 200 to 300 calories above what they give you. See if you can get away with eating that amount. If you can't, then obviously you're gonna have to drop calories down a little bit lower. You can use your weigh-ins to gauge that. I'd also make sure you're taking measurements and photos at least every couple weeks to a month just because with some people, you cannot necessarily be losing a lot of weight right out of the gate, especially when you're newer to strength training. If you're just getting into that, you might be putting on a good amount of lean muscle tissue at the same time, which isn't going to have your weight dropping a lot because as you're dropping body fat and building a little bit of muscle, those both are going to weigh something which is going to stall the scale. But if your measurements are improving, then you know your body composition is changing and that's what matters most. So definitely would take pictures, definitely would take photos as well as um, doing measurements too. And then pair that with tracking your protein, tracking your calories, and staying consistent there with weighing yourself and use that to guide you along the way. And then as you get going, if you have more questions, feel free to reach out because we all get stuck at certain points and there's always different adjustments that have to be made that I can't just dissect for you right here because it's going to be different for each and every individual depending on their situation, their genetics, their metabolism, and and different things like that. So feel free to reach out at that point, but that's honestly where I would get started to keep things very simple, and then you can start to build off of that foundation in the future when you need to. Question numero dos. I have limited weights to train with. I've just been increasing the amount of sets I do each week to create progressive overload, but my workouts are starting to get quite lengthy. Anything else I can do to create in progressive overload with limited equipment rather than continuing to add weight or add sets. I don't feel like I can keep adding sets any longer without my workouts getting too long and it's beginning to become unmotivating. It's a very good question as well. And a lot of people have been in this situation 
throughout the pandemic because a lot of gyms have been closed. So a lot of us have been working out at home, which has left us with limited equipment. And if you understand training and how you progress your body from training, it comes down to progressing your training over time, AKA progressive overload. That just simply means that you are using better form with the same amount of weight, the same reps over time. That means that you're adding reps over time to the lifts that you're doing with the same amount of weight. That means that you're adding sets to the same amount of reps and weight that you're doing over time. That means you're adding reps over time. I'm not sure if I said reps or if I said weight at first, but you get the picture. You're always adding something over time that's continuing to progress your training to make it a little bit more than what you were doing before. And that's what forces your body to continue progressing as well, because it has to take those, make those adaptations to be able to take on, um, that new amount of weight or that new amount of volume that you're doing. And when you're at home, it's a very good strategy to start with less amount of sets. Let's say in week one, you start with three sets of 12 with the select amount of weight that you have. Then in week two, maybe you go four sets of 12. Then in week three, maybe you go five sets of 12. Week four, maybe you go six sets of 12. You can see how that starts to get very daunting over time and it can make those workouts super lengthy because you're having to include an extra set every single week, which is going to take a lot of time. If you're having to rest, let's say two to three minutes between sets, those sets are, and those sets double, that means your time working out essentially can start to double too, which can be super draining. And so what I like to do in these situations when working with clients who are in these situations, what I like to do in terms of programming is using different types of tools, right? So Definitely adding sets, but adding sets to a workout over time to create progressive overload honestly isn't my favorite way to create progressive overload. What I would do in this situation is I would give you a decent rep range to work with. So um, I would say, okay, let's work in the, the 10 to maybe 15, maybe up to 16 rep range. And on a weekly basis, I want you to continuously add reps each and every week until we get to that top of that rep range. And then once you get there, you can get a little bit monotonous to continue trying to add reps over time. Once you hit above 15, 16 reps and you're trying to do 17, 18, 19, 20 reps, that can start to get a little bit grueling. So I don't like to push that too high, but I will push it to that ceiling to where we're focusing on adding reps first, just because that's the easiest when when equipment is limited. And then what I would do from there in your situation is you don't have a lot of weight, right? So now we can't just add weight and start back over at the bottom of that rep range to continue to try to progress reps with a little bit more weight. What I've done in this situation a lot with clients is I've had clients just get bands. And this is a super simple way to create more resistance. And it's very cheap, right? If you go out and you're trying to say you're using 30 or 40 pound dumbbells, if you want to buy 50 pound dumbbells, it's going to cost you a few hundred bucks. But if you just want to buy bands, this can cost you anywhere from 10 to $20 and it's going to create more resistance, right? So then you're just going to add the bands as leverage to the workout. Let's say you're doing a, a bent over dumbbell row. Well, you've progressed that row with the weight itself up to that 16 rep range, let's say. And now you can come back to the bands, like I said, and use the bands with the dumbbells as well hold the bands underneath of your feet and you can create more tension with the dumbbells with those bands and you can start over at the bottom of the rep range. You can work that back up from the 12 to the 13 to the 14 to the 15 to the 16. So you're slowly creating progressive overload with a little bit more resistance in that manner. And once you max that out, well now what you could honestly do is let's say you did it for three sets, weeks one through three without bands. You did it for three sets, weeks 
four through six with bands with a little bit more resistance. Well, now you could go back in weeks, let's say seven through 10, and you could go without bands once again. So you're dropping the bands, but now you're increasing it to four sets. So now you're going to go weeks seven through 12 for four sets without the bands. And then seven through 10, excuse me, week seven through 10, you would do without the bands, but you're increasing sets. And then weeks 11 through 14, you're going to continue it with four sets, but then you're going to do it with, with the bands now as well and increase the reps throughout the weeks. And again, you're continuously creating progressive overload over the long run. We're starting with no bands, with less reps, create or pushing reps up. Then we're adding bands. We're pushing reps up again with bands. Then we're going to add an extra set, take the bands away, push that up through reps. Then we're going to add the bands again with that extra, with that extra set and push reps up throughout the weeks again. So there's a lot of different ways that you can start to create progressive overload. Don't get too caught up in just thinking that you have to stick with one modality and continuously add sets over time. If you want to go a little bit more budget friendly, I would highly suggest adding um, adding bands to your arsenal and then following that same type of model to where you're increasing reps on a weekly basis. Then you're adding a little bit more resistance through the bands. Then once you get through that as well, then you can increase the sets through the next, next meso cycle and increase that once again without the bands. And then you can add the bands again, increase it again and continuously follow that model, which is going to continuously have you progressively overloading and continue to progress your body because again, your training is progressing. So there's a million different ways to create progressive overload. Whenever I'm working with a client like that with very minimal equipment, that's usually how I'm looking at it for the most part. And then we're making sure we're paying attention to recovery and different things like that, right? Because you definitely don't want to progress sets as your main modality most of the time. Because if you think about it, if you're adding sets every single week, that's going to add more volume than everything else. If you're just adding an additional rep, let's say you did 12 reps with 20 pounds in week one. If you do 13 reps with 20 pounds in week two, well, that's just adding a little bit of volume. But if you're adding um, an extra set of 20 pounds for 12 reps in week two, rather than just adding a rep, that's going to add a whole bunch more volume to that workout that if you're trying to progress a lot of volume on a weekly basis, that can have you just end up hitting that brick wall of overtraining yourself a little too soon, which is going to need you or leave you under recovered more often. It's going to leave you needing deloads more often and just in a less optimal state. So we like to see small progression over the long term rather than trying to make a lot of big progression in the short term, which usually ends up having you hit that brick wall a lot sooner. So hopefully this helps. There's a lot of different ways to create progressive overload. I would suggest combining all of them in a fashion like I just went over and using something like that and just getting a little bit more creative with it. All right, the last question we're gonna dive into is does the amount of fat that I eat in a day matter? Again, another very good question that has a lot of scrutiny and a lot of confusion around it, right? There's been times in the past where when it came to fad diets that not eating fat was the way to get skinnier. There were times where you should eat as much fat as possible and not eat any carbs and that's what's going to help you get skinnier, right? The low fat diet versus the keto diet. Um, there's been a lot of controversy there and a lot of just confusion and conflicting information being told to you. And the end of the day, when it comes to fat in your diet, there's the three main macronutrients, right? There's protein, there's carbs and there's fats. There is a fourth macronutrient, which is alcohol, but we're not going to necessarily touch on that. 
And when it comes to these three macronutrients, protein is going to help you preserve lean muscle tissue. It's going to help you recover from your training. It's going to help you um, feel more saturated in your diet because it takes longer to digest. Protein also takes more calories. It takes more of a caloric expenditure to digest protein than it does fats or carbs, meaning it's going to help stoke a little bit of fire in your metabolism, get your metabolism going at a little bit stronger rate. A lot of benefits when it comes to protein. And honestly, protein is an essential macronutrient. All that this means is that your body has to have protein in it to be able to fully function and survive over the long term. Your fats are also an essential macronutrient. What fats are going to do is they help auto-regulate your hormone production. They help with brain function. Um, they help with your joints. They have a lot of really helpful things about them as well. Your body can run off of fats pretty efficiently. It's a long form of energy that your body can use um, to sustain itself over the long term. And like I said, a fat fats are an essential to your body. You have to have fats in your system over the long haul for your body to be able to fully function and to be able to fully survive. When it comes to carbohydrates, carbohydrates are a non-essential macronutrient, meaning you can pull carbohydrates out of your diet completely and your body will adapt and be able to survive without carbohydrates. Now, I would say that just because they're not essential does not mean that they aren't optimal. That's not my phrase. I stole that phrase from somebody else. I don't know where I heard it, but I, I didn't come up with that. But it's very, it's very true when you think about it, right? Just because something isn't necessarily essential. Like let's think about toilet paper out of all things. Okay, is toilet paper essential? Do we have to have toilet paper to be able to, to survive? Well, definitely don't have to have toilet paper. But to make life a little more optimal, do we need toilet paper? I would say yes. It's going to help us from having to wash our hands quite as often, or maybe not wash our hands because we should be washing our hands regardless, but it just makes the process a whole lot easier, right? And same thing when it comes to carbohydrates. I know that's kind of a weird comparison. I, I didn't even think that up before I started talking. I promise it's just what popped into my head, and I have a, have a lot of weird crap that goes up on there, up in there, if I'm being honest with you. But if you think about it that way, so when it comes to carbohydrates, they're not essential, but they are optimal because what carbohydrates carbohydrates are going to do is they're a quick form of energy that is provided into our body. Carbs break down into the form of glycogen, which is glucose, which our body can use it for shorter spurts of energy. Your, main, your body's main energy source when you're strength training, when you're going for sprints, when you're doing quick outputs, um, explosion type movements or explosion, explosion type sports, different things like that, your body wants to pull from its glycogen stores as an energy source. And so it's going to help you feel better. It's going to help you perform better. Um, not to mention carbs just taste really damn good. Who doesn't love bagels? Who doesn't love bread? All of that kind of stuff. And so that gives you a breakdown of all three of the macronutrients. So when you ask the question, does the amount of fat that I eat matter? Not, it, it all comes in context, right? At the end of the day, it depends on your goal, what you're trying to achieve. If you are an endurance runner who goes for really, really long runs, well, fats are going to be your body's main energy source that it's pulling from because it needs that slow energy output, right? It needs that slow, sustained energy for, to be able to pull from. If you are a 
let's say, football player or a baseball player or somebody who has quick spurts of energy or you lift weights, um, a power lifter, well, then you're going to want a lot more carbs in your system because your body's going to need that quick um, energy source to be able to pull from in the form of glycogen to optimize performance in that manner. If your goal is fat loss at the end of the day, you're just trying to drop body fat. Do you, does the amount of fat that you eat matter? Well, I would say that it doesn't matter nearly as much as how many calories that you eat because the amount of calories that are coming into your body compared to the amount of calories that you're expending through your daily expenditure is going to dictate weight gain or weight loss. The amount of protein that you're eating when you're trying to lose body fat is going to help you preserve lean muscle tissue while you're in a caloric deficit, which is going to allow you to just drop body fat so that you create more definition the leaner and leaner that you get over time. That's not going to come down to how much fat that you are eating in a day, if that makes sense, or the amount of carbs that you're eating in a day. You can start to optimize those things to optimize performance, to optimize recovery, to optimize how you're feeling over the long term, but they're not not going to directly correlate in terms of just fat loss. So I would say it's all con- are contextual to your situation and what your immediate goals are and what the needs of fats are in your system. Typically, what I like to see for individuals is somewhere between 0.2 to so 20% to 40% we'll say of your total caloric intake coming in the form of fats. Because like I said, fats are an essential macronutrient for your body to be able to thrive, for your body to be able to function properly. You have to have fats in your system. And so typically when setting somebody up, we're looking to keep fats around that 20 to 40% marker in terms of your total caloric intake. And that's going to keep you in a healthy range for the amount of fats that you need to be able to thrive properly. But again, you're usually going to be eating some fatty foods throughout the day. So if you have a goal of just dropping body fat and you want to keep things as simple as possible, you don't want to count your fats, you just want to count your calories and you want to count your protein, typically you're going to have your fats at least at that 20% marker for the most part just because most foods have a decent amount of fats in them. If you're eating any sort of cheeses, if you're having any cooking it with any sort of oil sprays, um, Anything like that, if you're having, let's say, any sort of fattier meats, red meats, um, beef, anything like that, it, you're gonna ha- if you're having some salmon, things like that, those are all going to have fats in them that are – you're not going to necessarily have to account for them to be roughly around that 20% in your day-to-day. And again, that may fluctuate up and down over time, um, the amount of fats that you're getting on the daily, but that average, I would argue, is still going to be somewhere around at least 20%. Like I said, I have a lot of clients who I only have track calories and I only have track protein intake. And I go on the back end and I look at their food logs on a weekly basis and see the foods that they're they're choosing. And again, I only have them counting their calories and their their protein. I don't even have them paying attention to their fats, but I'm going in and looking at their macronutrients and seeing where their fats are compared to where their carbs are. And I have honestly never had a client who I've had to tell that needs to eat more fat to get them up to that, at least that 20% marker of their total caloric intake, because the average diet has a good amount of fat in it already to where it just happens for you anyway. So like I said, it's very goal dependent. If you are an endurance runner or something like that, or a long distance swimmer, or just any sort of long our long distance endurance type sport, you definitely want to pay attention to your fat intake and optimize it a little bit more. I know how I have one client now, Sarah, who we've just adjusted because she's getting ready to train for an Ironman, which is again, running, cycling, 
um, a lot of swimming. Before, we were focused more on body composition. We were focused more on building strength, building muscle. We had her carbohydrate intake a little bit higher. We had her fat intake a little bit lower. Now, as our goals have switched and we're going towards more of an Ironman to optimize performance, now we're pushing fats up a little bit higher. We're bringing carbs down a little bit lower. Um, so again, it's all context dependent on the individual and what that goal is moving forward. But typically, when the goal is just dropping body fat, I wouldn't necessarily worry about how many fats you're eating. And I would focus more on how many calories you're eating and how much protein you're eating. And then over the long term, if you're starting to feel groggy, um, if you're not feeling like you have the the right amount of energy, you're just feeling kind of off, you can go back and look at your intake if you've been tracking it. And if you've been underneath of that roughly 20% of your total caloric intake coming from fats, then you could potentially look at starting to count your fats and carbs if it's a necessity. But Honestly, for the most part, if calories are on point, protein is on point, you're going to be just fine for the most part. So hopefully that helps answer that question for you and gives you a better understanding of macronutrients as a whole and the effects that they can have on you and the importance of them in different contexts and in different situations. So like I said, that's going to be the last answer that we cover today. If you guys found value from this episode, like always, I would be very grateful if you could take a screenshot and put it on your IG story as well as tag me in it at Chaz Spackman. My handle's changed from at Lost and Lifting to at Chaz Spackman. And now we've gone ahead and created an at Lost and Lifting page as well that's featuring our clients and there's some content over there too. So, but make sure you tag me personally at Chaz Spackman in your story as you screenshot this as well so that I can repost and I can send you a message personally thanking you for doing so. But like I said, don't forget to go follow the at Lost and Lifting page as well because we have a lot of helpful content on there on Instagram that's going to be helpful too. I'll make sure to have that link down below as well. But like I said, I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you very soon. <laughs>